All right, here we go. Welcome back to the next episode of Sled Talk. I don't even know which number this is. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but today's guest, we've got Cody Cornwell, better known as Cody the Conqueror, right? Yes, sir. It's always it's always weird hearing it, but <laughs> the more I, I start to grow and, and do my do my branding thing, it's it's like, oh, I'm no longer, you know, Cody Cornwell. It's like Cody the Conqueror yeah, is more what I'm known as. Hell yeah. Cool, Cody, I appreciate you taking the time uh, to jump on the podcast. I know we were running behind schedule. And then you and I have also been back and forth for what the last month, it seems, trying to schedule this, this virtual podcast. So I appreciate you, you know, moving your schedule around and being here today on the show. Yes, I appreciate you for having me, man. Yeah, it's uh, something we've been talking to for a while and trying to nail down for a while as well. So 100%. Yeah, we're here, though. Cool. Uh, Cody, let's, uh, let's jump into it. So for the listeners and the viewers, let's give a little bit of introduction. You know, who are you? Where are you from? How old are you? What do you do? Let's just dive right into personal side. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So, um, I'm, I actually just turned 26. Uh, it's something that definitely surprises most people. Sure. Um, not only cause I don't look 26, I already look like I'm 30. <laughs> um, but you know, the, the levels that I'm moving at now, um, it, it's it's humbling that, that, you know, people are like, how are you doing that at your age? Um, personally, I feel like I should be farther, so I kind of react the other way. Um, but, yeah, so, I mean, my story wrapped up, you know, it, it's something that could be this whole podcast, totally. to be honest. Which, you know, indeed, where, before you go off um, on this, like, as a side note, you know, I've been following you for quite a while with all the snowmobile stuff, and I align heavily with your story um and just from what i've seen obviously i've never really talked to you one one on one until now um but you know all the posts all the stories like i am very much aligned with your mindset around a lot of topics um which we're going to get into here and so i'm really really looking forward to this sorry to cut you off on your flow there but i just wanted to set the tone and the foundation for my excitement (laughs) so all right jump into it (laughs) No, man, I, I appreciate it too, because it's something where, uh, I very quickly realized I've always been a polarizing figure. Yep. Uh, bar- I'm one of the guys I barely passed high school. I was one of the kids that I rebel against authority and, uh, you know, it necessarily didn't do me any, any good growing up, yeah. but you know, now, now that I'm doing my own thing, uh, it is kind of a, a superpower in a sense that I'm just confident in what I think. Uh, I'm going to, you know, say it how I want. I'm going to, I'm going to like listen and take an input as well. Right. I'm not a complete, uh, you know, moron and I'm not going to think that I'm always right. (laughs) But, um, yeah, I, I definitely, I look at the world a certain way and it it rubs some people the wrong way. And then the other people that really fuck with that vibe in the same, um, mentality, you know, they're going to, they're going to grab on and, and come along you know, with me on this ride. So yeah, I definitely do, do appreciate that. hundred percent. Um, so, so I guess going back to my background, I'm from a small town in Ohio. Um, it, we, we grew up, uh, you know, broke my family's been homeless before. Um, dad got out of the military and just worked a factory job. You know, my mom waitressing and, you know, doing some stuff at colleges and again, multiple degrees, you know, but just doing some BS at colleges never really worked their way up is the best way to put it. Right. And, you know, I knew I wasn't going to college. I turned down my scholarship, uh, or I didn't even attempt to get my scholarship because I knew like (laughs) I can, I can barely pass high school, let alone a collegiate athlete. (laughs) Sure. And, uh, you know, my twin actually went that route, which is a really extremely interesting, uh, story for a whole nother time. Your twin? Uh, I decided to go. Yeah. You have a twin? Yeah. Oh boy. I didn't know that. Okay. Oh yeah. And he's, he's the opposite. He's, Got it. he's like yoked out, you know, he was like the receiver type on the line. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, when, when it came down time, to kind of decide on what I was doing, which kind of starts at 16, if you want to be honest, right? Like where, where am I going to take everything? Am I going to start building a resume for college to, to get sponsors? What exactly am I going to, you know, do? I decided to go the technical route, uh, skilled trade 
and I decided welding, right? And honestly, it's because I got accepted into the program, right? And um, when when that happened, I then went, I, I was really good at it. I can pick up on it really quick. Um, I excelled and I ended up going to a technical trade school instead of college. And then right out of that, I went into the oil industry. I was actually recruited before I even graduated to go out to Great Falls, Montana okay. and start pipe welding right away. Gotcha. So that's, that's where that whole, that whole story from, you know, welder to wealthy that I, yep. I always push yep. was really the start, man. And at, at 19, um, I, I passed my, my first weld test. It's, it's x-rayed. It's one of the hardest tests for anyone out there. It's a six G restricted, um, two inch, uh, I can't even think of the other, <laughs> I was so long ago, right? Sure. What, whatever else the restrictions were. And we weren't even allowed to use, um, like grinders or anything. We had to do it all by hand. Okay. So if you messed up, there was no really fixing it. Um, and I pass it. Damn. This is a test that most people can't pass in their thirties. Got it. And most people can't pass in general, let alone. So, um, I'm basically, you know, eight months into that job and I realized <laughs> at, I think I might've been technically 20 once I did, had the realization that it's kind of a midlife crisis at, at, <laughs> at 19. Yeah. There's nowhere else to go. Yeah. There's no higher spot that I wanted to get. I was where I wanted to be in my thirties at 20. Got it. And um, you know, at that point is then when I started, you know, my entrepreneur, you know, journey really, really kind of started in opening my mind up to everything. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I guess, you know, with that, without getting into too much, uh, of the nitty gritty, you know, that could, could go on forever is, you know, I was, I realized that I didn't want to live that lifestyle of the blue collar rat race. Yep. Everyone wants to talk about in the blue collar world that it's the rat race of college, but they conveniently don't talk about the rat race of the, the blue collar world. Mm -hmm. And they, um, and, and that's what, where there's a lot of pushback from, from people that I personally get. Cause I'm very outspoken about that. Totally. Which and, I and like, and it's not, <laughs> yeah. yeah and and it's not even necessarily like me sitting there saying you know blue collar people are dumb people i think um a majority of them unfortunately they are if you're talking life in general sure. they might be good at their skilled trade but that's a whole that's a whole different conversation um i it, it was i couldn't stand it i couldn't stand being in the blue collar world anymore yep. it was just talking about football games and drinking beer after work and maybe working on my truck, talking about football when they were in high school, just being has-beens. Mm -hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't stand it at my being. And, uh, you know, then there's the search of finding yourself. And, you know, that's when I realized I love psychology. Uh, I go from pipe welding to studying human <laughs> psychology and, you know, <laughs> no wonder you're in marketing. <laughs> starting, a, Yeah, exactly. Starting, starting a marketing company, yep. man. It was like, okay, I love to make money. I, it's that Conor McGregor quote. I have an unhealthy obsession with spending money and a healthy obsession with making it. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. You know, so how am I going to make that energy of, of loving human psychology and then also creating a life that I want being travel freedom. Um, but then also making a hell of a lot of money. So yeah. the marketing agency started my business partner, uh, Ron early. I don't know if you follow him. Is it him at all? Sales God. Um, Sales guy. Yeah, okay. Yep. Yeah. I don't follow him, but yep. I know who he so is. So when I brought him on, man, yeah, great, great dude. Um, when I brought him on, it was like life changed. Sure. You know? So, I mean, that's that's kind of the, the quick version, I guess, of exactly where I'm at now. But it's definitely been a ride or a roller, a roller coaster, to say the least. Sure. And, dude, so, like, and as you and I talked before we started the podcast, you know, like, so a little bit of backstory for me, like I come from the blue collar background. So my dad and, and my family members are really successful, which is success. The word successful is relative, right? But, um, right. you know, my, my dad's a self-made millionaire with construction. So he operates heavy equipment. He does like stream restoration stuff in Montana. I think I told you when we first connected, I, I grew up not too far from Great Falls, Montana. Um, and 
you know, my uncles, both my uncles are really successful with, uh, their electricians. One of them is a, a real high up head supervisor for a really big electrical company. And the other uncle owns his own electrical business. And so something I want to talk to, to you about is, you know, I grew up operating heavy equipment. Um, I used to be best friends with a shovel. <laughs> I, I used to build, uh, I used to build, uh, communication towers. I traveled all over, you know, the Pacific Northwest down into California and Vegas and stuff, building, um, communication towers and whatnot. So I've definitely, you know, lived that life. Um, did a little bit of like farming, um, used to work for John Deere company. And I kind of just had this realization that like, I don't want to do this my whole life. Like this is backbreaking. This is not cool. And I really liked social media. And so in, in 2017, I created a, a digital marketing agency and you know, I, I, in February 2nd of 2018, I stepped away from my nine to five, my day job, and I left all of that behind and I haven't looked back since. Um, and so something I want to talk to you about, because another thing too, is that, you know, as snowmobilers and in the snowmobiling industry, I would say that the demographic of sledders are predominantly blue collar, right? And so for some of our listeners, this is either going to, they're either going to stop and think about what we're saying, or they're just going to, you know, give us a bad review, <laughs> which is fine. Um, <laughs> because like, there is a reason why you are where you are, where you are today. And same as myself. And so something that I want to ask you directly, um, and why I was talking the backstory of like my family, like I just kind of had the realization that over time I'm going to be able to make more money from my computer than I'd ever make in a skilled job. While this is the big part, Cody, while owning my own time. Since 2018, I've done whatever the hell I want to do every single day. Now, sure, have I made some some financial mistakes? Have I acquired debt? Have I made, you know, whatever it is? Absolutely. A hundred percent. I've screwed up royally, but I did it all myself. I take full responsibility for all of it. And I am where I am today because of the choices that I've made, period. And so, like, there was a bit of disruption because, you know, again, my family being successful in the blue collar world, and then here I am making money off my computer and traveling everywhere. It kind of like created some friction. Right. And so I wanted to ask you, like, you know, were you obviously faced with a little bit of that friction as well? So if anybody's out there right now, because I'm sure we're probably pulling some strings on a couple people that like they love to ride sleds. They wish they could ride more, but maybe they have a construction job or they're in the blue collar line of work and they have something within them that tells them that like, hey, maybe there's something more out there for me. But like, I'm scared to take the jump. I'm scared. What is my family going to think? How are they going to react if like I go and do this weird thing that I'm really in love with or whatever it is. And so like, it's a two part question for you, Cody, like talk a little bit about some of the, the flack that you've, you've been given from people and maybe people that you didn't think would talk poorly about your decisions. And then the second piece is like, advice to those any of our listeners right now that are maybe like on the edge or kind of have an idea and they're scared to move forward with it. I know that's a lot, but dive into it. <laughs> no, no. It, <laughs> uh, the the flack, man, it, it, it was huge because I was one of the people from my small town that made it. Like that's considered making it where I'm from was pipe welding, specifically yeah, okay. the little welding niche that I was in, sure. right? You got two ways uh, to get to the top. You're either underwater welding or you're pipe welding. And, you know, I, I had done it in, in one of those. And yeah. I then – it's weird because it's a story I've told many times, but – so it seems normal to me. Sure. But after I, I wrapped up my my pipe welding contract in Great Falls, I go back home. So the way welding contracts work, you're done with the refinery and the contract – like you, there's no more work to done. You finish the construction. Yep. So you go back to your main you know, home and then you find your next contract. You move on. So I go back to my parents' house, right? And I'm celebrating Thanksgiving. That was my plan. Then pick up the next contract. And um, th- this all comes full circle with the flack, I yeah. promise. No, I, I'm with <laughs> um, you. I'm tracking. So so I head home and I'm sleeping back in the bed that I was sleeping in in high school. Actually, not even in the high school because we were living in a garage. Different story, different time. Um, but I, I'm back in this place that I, I, I thought I had left. And although it was temporary, it got to me. I hated being from my going back to my hometown. I hate everything about that place. 
Um, I hated seeing the the heroin addiction that came through, the opioids, and mm-hmm. and, and everything. It, it, it angers me even saying it sure. uh, right now. And I literally heard a quote, and this is a quote for everyone to grab on if you're trying to do something, and it gives me goosebumps right now saying it. You're never going to get crazy rewards without taking crazy risks. That's and nice. I heard that, and I had... I had been searching. I'm like depressed, man. I don't know what I'm doing with my life. You know, that midlife crisis thing's going on. And I didn't have a contract, which is cool because that, that happens. I'm young in the industry. I got to meet more people, get different contracts. But I heard that quote and I'm like, man, but what do I do? Like, I don't, at this point, I had not, I don't even know what really being an entrepreneur is. I literally thought I was going to best own a welding company. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I realized what's the craziest thing you can do? What's the difference or, or what are some similarities similarities in self-made millionaires and homeless people? They go homeless or they, they take a risk that puts them in such an uncomfortable position. They either do or die, right? So <laughs> I literally came to this epiphany. I, I started formulating a lie to my parents and everyone around me that loved me. I said, I picked up a contract in Florida after Thanksgiving. I'm going to go down there and I pack up. I had an F-350 at the time. I pack it up with anything I can fit and, you know, I make the drive down there mm-hmm. and I get down there and I ask my, I realize how much it sucks being homeless, living out of my truck. I have no job when I get there. Yep. Completely lied. My parents don't know. Nobody knows. Got it. And I get down there and I realize showering in gyms and being in the heat of Florida in my in mm. my truck yeah. is miserable. And I have to make the call and tell my parents, I'm like, hey, can you guys co-sign for a travel trailer? Which is normal in the welding industry to travel around and, yep. and do that. Right. But they don't have the credit for it. And I had to break the news. And my mom called me crying. Sure. <laughs> Just to, As all moms would. She calls me crying and it's because Right, right. She loves me. And, you know, what are you doing? And, um, you know, I said, I'll, I'll figure it out. Right. It is the basic, the basic answer. And there was always everyone questioning me. And this went on for three, four years in and out of homelessness, living, living with mentors. You know, I had someone I was working with that told me they were going to fire me if I didn't move in with them. You know, I was never that dirty homeless person by any means, yeah. but I was definitely living in my car, yeah. you know, I uh, moved in with, uh, you know, people that wanted me to run advertising for their company. And I'm, you know, you know, helping however I can around the house and just for a bed to sleep in, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm, I'm grateful. I'm grateful I made all those connections. But at one of those points, this was a pivotal moment where I had to double down on everything I did. And I had went back into welding at one point. I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't figure it out. I go pick up a full-time job, but not giving up on my dream. Sure. And I go back, I'm, I'm pipe welding, but I got to do a lot of traveling. And there was, it was, this contract was four days on or four days off, six days on. Got it. And they were supposed to send me out to a new location. And as construction is, it's always sketchy as can be. So <laughs> one location had OSHA show up <laughs> Oh, nice! That's and they cool. go, they go, okay, so we don't want to, we don't want to send anyone out there. We're just going to have the job site dry and, uh, well, we're going to send you to a different location, but let's wait a little bit and, and see if OSHA leaves quick. And it started irritating me because I'm not getting paid because I'm not driving yet. Sure. And I'm getting super mad and I'm reading a book. Um, and, and it says a quote of, I won't even say a quote, I'll miss, I'll misquote it, but something to the extent of if you wake up, he gave himself, it might be rich dad, poor dad, or, or, or something of that nature, but if he woke up a certain amount of days truly disappointed in himself, not mad at his situation, not frustrated with work, woke up disappointed in himself, he would quit no matter what position it put him, his wife, and kid in, he would just quit because he knows that he had enough skill to make money anywhere, and sure. he thinks you deserve always a life that you wake up excited, not even maybe excited before, but definitely not disappointed in yourself. Right, right. That's a, it's a whole different level of, of consistently waking up to that. And then you're, you're questioning like, why are we here and, and everything like that? Right. So at that point I called my, um, uh, my employer and I quit. I said, don't worry about sending me out anywhere. I quit. 
right? Got it. Um, so in that, I, I begin my journey. I figure I'm going back down to Florida. I There, there were some circumstances that would give me an opportunity for a place to stay there. And I had all of my closest friends where, you know, let's get together in, in Columbus and have a, a party at the, the bar, right? See you guys whenever I come back. I'm traveling around consistently. They know they know how Cody goes. So as soon as I get into the bar, everyone, you know, kind of like huddles around a table. And I'm like, what's going on? Like, this is weird. Like, for, we do the high, the, the, the quick shots, whatever. And I'm like, by the way, man, uh, like, we want to talk with you. And they have an intervention for me what? at the bar. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, really? Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So we're sitting at a bar, and which is funny, obviously, because it's a bar and they're having yeah. an intervention with me. But it's obviously not for, for alcohol yeah, or drugs yeah. or anything like that. But they're like, dude, you just left a very good job. Uh, it's worth adding. They're all in college still. And three or four of them of the like seven were collegiate athletes doing phenomenal national titles. Like I don't, I don't hang out with, with average people never have. Yeah, <laughs> um, sure. And, and these guys are doing great things. So it's like, of course I'm going to sit down and listen to these guys. Plus right. they are my best friends. And they're like, what are you doing? Why are you chasing this? Like we, they, you know, they're basically telling me I shouldn't be going down here. It's dumb. And it's never going to pay off. And in that moment, it would have been very easy to hear what they had to say and go back to my job or just, you know, cower away or, or make excuses or whatever it could be. Right. And they're only bringing me there because they love me. Right. Sure. They're friends that cared. And I'm going in and out of homelessness when I had a, a job paying me, you know, six figures plus. Like it, it is. It's crazy to, to think. Sure. And. So when they said that, I just explained to them, I said, you guys don't understand the journey that I'm going through and the idea that I see. I had full belief in myself because I knew what was going to happen. I just had to stick around long enough to stick it out. Yeah. And everybody was dogging me. It's stupid, but we'll have fun tonight. You know, whatever. Whoop de whoop. And, and my, my one, one person that was there. I'm like trying to plead with them. Like, guys, just trust me on this. Just trust me. I was like, I'm telling you, you guys are going to get out of college. You're not even going to use your, uh, your degrees. And, mm -hmm. you know, you, you best case scenario are going to live the average life that we all said we hated that our parents put us in. Like, you guys are literally just repeating the process, but in college and instead of working for a factory or whatever. And it was a very hard conversation and no one understood. No one believed in me other than my one boy, Bo. And he looked at me. And he looked at the group and he goes, well, watch it play out. Now, where this comes full circle for advice for everybody is every single one of my boys in that group now, every single one of them graduated college with very high, whether, you know, some wrestling, some in track, you know, my boy, Nick, you know, national champion and shot put like. My, my brother winning national titles, these are all very successful people, and not a single one of them are using their degree. And yeah. they all have told me and looked back at me and and said, you were the leader because when they got out, you when you're an athlete, you know, it, it happens also a lot. And let's say like with military, my family is a lot of military people. You have a major transition to take. You're changing your entire life from being oriented to people telling you what to do, where totally. to go, jump how high, you know? Yep. And when that transition happens, it's easier to kind of just give in to the system. And totally. they all went through that period of giving into the system. And then all of a sudden, my success started taking off. And in my success taking off, my every single person that was at that, at that meeting – now is doing something on their own, whether it's, you know, um, high in insurance sales. My brother, my brother co-owns a, uh, electrical company. Sure as shit. Um, you know, my, my boy, Nick, he owns, he manages, you know, hundreds of real estate properties in Columbus. And all nice. of these people turned back to me and said, you were the leader when you had no one to look up to. 
But that's Dude, the that's big, big message. That's the advice on the end of the, 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 the flack and advice question is sometimes you have to have belief in yourself, not mindlessly, because we've all met those guys that are way too optimistic with things that don't make sense. 100%. <laughs> yep. Totally. Which is also somewhere that people, you know, fail. But in that, right, my success takes off and now all my boys are thriving. I just flew last yeah. weekend. My my family flies in and we just had a yacht party for my birthday. Yeah, I right? saw your story. Just because. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I uh, got I got video of my my mom and dad jumping off a hundred foot yacht into the ocean. Like, yeah. I mean, I would never guess I was I would doing that. There were sure. times when I was just hoping I could get a those little tuna uh hamburger helper Dude, type of packs, you know? <laughs> that's crazy. That is crazy how everything has come full circle. Oh yeah. That's insane. So it, it, it it's easy too to look at like I brag about I live a bougie lifestyle now. Sure. I used to be the guy that was like, oh, built, you know, my truck's built, not bought. No, no, no. No, no, no. I bought it all and I had somebody else build it. Because now I allocate my time towards it. <laughs> Hell yeah. 100%. I allocate. Think about this. Think about this. No one actually likes working on their truck. Right. What do you like doing? Snowmobiling. Mm-hmm. In the byproduct, because you can't afford to have somebody work on your truck, you do it so you can go and get into these remote places or whatever, right? right. No one actually wakes up in the morning and goes, man, I can't wait to turn that wrench. They might <laughs> like the outcome of turning that wrench, but they sure. don't like turning the wrench. Yep. And and uh, people can fight with me that for that. And maybe there are and they will. people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And they will. <laughs> But but the For big sure. thing, is, the big thing is too is, you can still like to do something like that. But I want to want to to do it. I don't want to have to do it. So yeah. like I I want to get back into into welding you know projects and stuff when I get a a big ranch out here. Sure. Because I just I like building my own shit. I like having an idea and building it. Yep. But I don't have to no more. Hundred <laughs> percent. Totally different perspective. Dude, that's I man, Cody. That's <laughs> that's a lot to unpack there, right? And yeah. I I really yeah. appreciate you, you know, being super transparent and vulnerable and and opening up and sharing your story because I mean that's you know, there's not a lot of people that have gone through stuff like that, and so I think it's important for you to be able to share. And again, like I said too, like there's there's people that are listening right now that maybe aren't quite in the same situation, but have a calling on their heart to, to do more. And, you know, you're just, you're just, you know, all your success and everything you deserve credit for. But at the end of the day, like you're just some fucking dude from the middle of nowhere, Ohio, who struggled and has right. turned his life into this. You know what I mean? Um, and I don't mean that in a derogatory manner by any means. I'm just saying like, you're just some dude, you know what I mean? And so like right. anybody out there, you know, we're all just some freaking dude. Um, and, you know, as extreme as your story was, like you still, you know, adverse and came on, came out on top and pushed through. And I mean, I'm sure you're still faced with some struggles, you know, business wise or whatever it may be, but you're still, you know, progressing. Um, and so it's super cool for you to share all that kind of stuff. It's definitely, it's definitely different, um, from previous guests that we've had on here. And it's this episode specifically is something that I've been looking forward to for a very long time because I knew it was going to be about this. Um, and again, like I sound like a broken record, but like, I just am very in tune and in parallel with your mindset and your story. Um, and it's something that I, I definitely fuck with. I don't say the F word too often on this podcast, but I will say it for that because I mean it. Um, that's, so, that's something that I was actually meaning to ask before too. I was like, I don't yeah. know how much cussing he does or doesn't want on there, but <laughs> I mean, dude, I guess I'll like, just do me. <laughs> I, well, that's the thing, right? Like at the end of the day, like I, you know, and that's, what's cool about this podcast. Like I'm just me, right? Like, and you know, yeah. it's just like the tattoos things, right? Like, you know, I've had people like, um, oh my gosh, you're in business. Aren't you worried that somebody's not going to want to do business with you because you have your hand tattooed. And I'm just like, in my opinion, like my entire sleeve represents trials and tribulations in my life and overcoming those. And so like, it's very near and dear to my heart and it has a purpose. And for me, like I run a couple of different businesses yeah, sure. You may be out there thinking to yourself whether or not you want to do business with me, but guess what? I get to do the same thing. I get to choose whether or not I want to do business with you. 
right? And so if you're going to be the type to yep, judge me yep. off of my tattoos, like I don't want to do business with you in the first place. So there's a tangent there, but with the cussing thing, um, the only thing I've had with, with the cussing thing is my grandparents have been like, well, I don't think you should do that. I don't think you should talk like that. And so yeah. I've cleaned it up a little bit. I, the first couple episodes, we, you know, we were drinking beer and, and letting her, cutting her loose for sure. But uh, <laughs> right. I've, I've tamed up a little bit. But at the end of the day, dude, like, I, that's the biggest thing is just to be transparent and be ourselves, right? Like, why would we be anything other than that? Right. Which is the, the freedom aspect of everything, right? So there's totally. two things we're all chasing is financial and time freedom and then freedom to be ourselves. And that's where, uh, you know, your grandparents, obviously they, they only love you giving you that advice. Totally. And I had the same thing when I, I was never a social media guy. I actually forced. So you said you like social media. I hated it. It was one of the things sure. that kept me from wanting to do this. Got it. I now have, have grown to love it. Sure. But the cussing thing was a thing um, that people had told me as well. But when it comes down to it, um, the biggest compliment that I ever get is some people don't even necessarily say it as a compliment. And it's you're the same person I meet in person that I see online. And I think that's the biggest thing, man. I'll meet people that want to put on a persona online to think that oh. they're Big time. They're giving back to the masses. And then I meet them in person and it's all like, you know, whoopty whoop. They're going to cuss left and right. And like almost like they're trying to uh, um, equal the playing field with me or, or like how, mm. you know, because I'll do my thing and they feel like they got to like catch up and oh, they yeah, overdo yeah. it. And it's like this weird. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I know exactly what energy. you're talking about. Yeah. 100%. So it, it's. It's a give and take, and and especially when people come from a different era. You know, you got you got somebody For like sure. Joe Rogan now that's that's changing lives, and he's talking in the absolute way that I guarantee he lives. You know, hundred percent, absolutely, totally. No, I mean, dude, so many like good points on this podcast on this episode so far. I mean, we're already thirty two minutes in, and even haven't yeah. even talked about snowmobiling. <laughs> That's great. Um, let's let's actually get into uh, so it's heavy marketing, right? Is your company that you have right yeah. now? So let's well, talk a, so a little. It's, it's good. It's heavy business automation, but heavy okay. marketing is I'm the marketing side of everything. It's my it. uh, department. So you know, me and my my business partner, he's got heavy sales. You know, that's his uh, his claim okay. to fame here. So sure. yeah. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about that for anybody listening. Obviously, like I know a little bit about what that means, um, automations and <laughs> operations and marketing and sales and all that kind of stuff. Um, but for those that are listening, like give us a little bit of a rundown of like what it is that you actually do with this company. Yeah. So me and my business partner, we come in and it's, there's so many people in today's world that are still working in the old world and I started this before the mm -hmm. pandemic, right? And everyone's seeing what the new world is. And it's almost like the pandemic just sped the online thing up. Right. Um, and when, when I got into this, it was, yeah, yeah. I, I, I wanted to, uh, again, you're, you're making money for people. If you are as a business owner, a B2B, right. You're going to go to a company. You're going to want to save them time or make them money. If you're not doing that, they're not going to pay you a good amount. Right. And I'm trying to get rich as fuck. <laughs> so how am I going to do that? Right. And, and the heavy business automation is perfect because we go into a company, we evaluate what they personally need. Right. This isn't isn't like cookie cutter stuff for, for everybody. I'm going to go in. I'm going to see what you need, what can be improved. And then our goal is to automate their marketing and then their sales process. However, that may look right. Maybe they have sure. a marketing team and we come in and consult same with sales or maybe we take that over for them. So, yeah, and you can do that from all around the world. So I still got my freedom along with all my employees. Totally. How many employees? How big of a team are you running? Um, we just let a couple go. So we're about seven right now. Nice. But now okay. now that we're starting to ramp up, it's time to to bring on you know, more. And that's the, the scaling process that, um, you know, we're, we're in the midst of going through, but sure. the beauty of it, uh, again, with, with automation thing is whether people like it or not, I go into a business and I figure out how softwares can automate what humans are slow at doing. 
So seven Zappier, people. Baby. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. So it's like, how can how can I automate these things? You know, we're like running the operation. We're having a multi-million dollar marketing agency, man. It's like that used to be a twenty-person thing, and and we got it down to seven, and that's mostly salespeople. You know, yeah. so uh, it's it's definitely awesome what we build, and and as we scale, I'm excited to see where it goes. Hell yeah, hundred percent. So a funny thing that uh, I can't remember who told me, but um, you probably you've probably heard it before, but automate delegate eliminate that which can't yep. be automated delegate it that which can't be automated or delegated eliminate it 100 percent. yep <laughs> so do you have do you have like a specific niche um that you're doing all this marketing and sales stuff for um for these companies like are you niched down into a specific avenue or uh, our avenue right now is high ticket investing you know depending okay. on what the investing is um it, it could be anywhere from e-commerce syndications to we're, we're getting ready to try to dabble in the real estate industry because there's obviously always going to be money in that. Yeah. Um, but the the high ticket is the key point. I don't I'm not here. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to make broke people rich. I'm here to make sure. rich people richer. And and that's just what it is. I, I my goal now to, to be clear and not seem like a complete asshole Um is to start putting out content that will allow people to get rich and then be able to afford to bring us in, right? But I, I'm not here to serve people that, you know, are are in my DMs, you know, asking for favors, you know, right. or, or asking me to run advertising for a couple thousand dollars a month. Like, that's just not, <laughs> that's high school probably. Like, so what you yeah. pay a high schooler to do work. Yeah, <laughs> totally, 100%. Interesting. Well, dude, I, I love that. Um, everything that you've got going on, I definitely think that there's potential and room for a conversation outside of a snowmobile podcast to dive a little bit deeper into all that kind of stuff. Cause I mean, I speak the same ling language with a lot of different things. Um, and I'm excited to see this friendship continue to grow outside of, outside of the snowmobiling stuff too. So, um, Cody, yeah, we're 37 minutes in. I appreciate you giving the, well, I don't know what that was, giving the whole rundown on your entire story. Um, it's super cool. It's something that I really, really, um, fuck with, I'll say it again. I don't care. <laughs> um, because it, it's just, it's just true, dude. And you're a stud and I'm glad that you, you came on here and, and talked about all that kind of stuff. So, um, let's dive into snowmobiling. Okay. So before, but it, before we get into that, could I add yep. something as a nice little bridge to it all? Because yeah, I think this 100%. is what will help a lot of people is yep. take us away you have to understand what we're going to talk about next is obviously what you all want to listen to but the thing is is it's not doable at a certain level if you are broke there are too many people that want to act like money is the root of all evil but maybe not even that maybe some people realize that money is what they need but they think they're limiting the belief is that the only way to make money is to give into the system. We are in a world today where you first think of a lifestyle you want to live and then you create it. You don't just go through life. So what we're about to talk about and, and the amount of money I spend to experiment with this sport is only doable. <laughs> it is only doable because of first making a lot of money. So, I mean, that being said, I don't want to seem... I don't want it to be left as like, oh, there's this rich guy, here's this sport, and then let's just leave it. Like that should be the motivation, right? Got That's it. what I want to yep. leave people with is like get rich as fuck to then do what you want with your life. Yep. Snowmobiling or not, whatever it may be for you. Right. 100%. Right. And so let me ask you this. So you said most people think that money is the root of all evil. I've always thought of, and let me know your thoughts, I think the lack of money is the root of all evil. Yeah. Yeah. I think, God, that's a whole different thought spiral, but yeah, <laughs> it, it, it goes, yeah. it goes both ways because, uh, Mark Bell, he had a, a quote that I will for sure butcher. Uh, he says he didn't have the resources. So because he didn't have the resources, he had to be resourceful and now he yeah. got creative and then he created a product being a slingshot. I don't know if you're aware of all this and it's a, it's a workout equipment that 
then catapulted his career and now has him one of the most wealthy people in you know the the lifting training industry so yeah. it's it's also it there's dichotomy to everything right oh 100 <laughs> absolutely well good i mean i think that that's that's a perfect bridge i think i said this on the last podcast too i think maybe i should just step out and you be the host of sled talk <laughs> <laughs> it'll be a it'll It'll go all different directions. You're the only one keeping hey, us on track right. here. <laughs> oh, that's all right. Um, so yeah, let's 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 uh, bridge our way over into the snowmobiling stuff. So you are relatively new to the snowmobiling industry, correct? Oh yeah, most definitely. Most so definitely. you started when? I started the beginning of last year, which was twenty. What was it? Twenty twenty or twenty nineteen? Or no. No, 2020, I believe it was. So, um, no, it would have been 2021. Uh, I had a, I had a buddy, my boy Chad. Uh, thank you, Chad, for getting me stuck in this glorious sport of. I was gonna ask how you and, got started. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So it, my my boy Chad, he kind of does the same thing, um, the digital world, and he was running marketing for you know real estate syndication type of stuff, and. Um, he, he just invites me out. I literally just knew him. And this is, this is also a, a big lesson too, is like your network is your net worth. And then yep. digital, the digital world, if you allow yourself to be true to yourself, you're going to meet people that you really actually fuck with in real life. Right. So he invites me out. Um, we had met previously before only for dinner and, sure. uh, he invites me out and we go out to uh, Wolf Creek and, mm -hmm. uh, that that place is pretty wild and right off the rip i'm renting a sled yep. um i'm renting a summit 850 you know who knows what model um sure. brand new I, I was excited to not just get a touring sled right we're going backcountry yeah, yeah, riding yeah. i'm about to officially see what it is off the trails yep. and the first climb i'm just stuck i can't <laughs> get up i'm frustrated i hate that i'm there yeah <laughs> I spent thousands of dollars on safety gear to go out for one weekend. You know what I'm saying? Because, yeah. yeah. of course, I want the best of the best. Oh, yeah. And uh, long story short with that, I end up totaling the sled. I slam it into a tree <laughs> at 30 miles an hour. <laughs> Good Lord. So, I, yeah, I slam a tree. Um, the rental company didn't have insurance, so then I got to pull out my, my card. I didn't have a credit card because my credit was trashed last year. Yeah. And uh, – I, I pull out my, my card and I now got to buy this. I think it was like $17,000 brand new sled, you oh, know, yeah. right off the rip. Like that's how, yeah. that's, that's really oh, where my addiction started is buying a sled that I just totaled out. <laughs> oh my God. That is brutal. But just so, goes to show the importance of being where you're at now. Importance of money. Bingo. Bingo. <laughs> and, <laughs> the the inside joke with my crew officially this year after two years of continually just hitting trees um is cody the lumberjack instead of cody yeah the so. <laughs> i was gonna bring that up i saw that in all your tags because you sure do like those trees maybe you should yeah, be on yeah. an articat <laughs> <laughs> climbing those trees uh, kitty oh yeah that's funny okay so first weekend out total brand new sled pay for it and then what happens so once I was in that experience, I had always grown up like broke, but always wanting to do like motocross and these just adventuring things and wanting to be in Boy Scouts, whatever it was. Right. But we were just always broke. It, it was what it was. Sure. I was grateful to at least play sports. And uh, I very quickly realized, oh, I have this lifestyle where I could do whatever I want. And now is literally the time to create the memories. These are the good old days. Why wouldn't I come back out here and do this? Because it was so much fun. Yeah. And it's not just flat nothing. It's not flat Ohio, flat Florida. It's like the mountains in Colorado, man. Yeah. And Different game. Uh, after, <laughs> yeah. After that, I texted my buddy and I'm like, yo, man, uh, you want to search for a sled for me? I think I'm just going to buy one. <laughs> Jesus. So it went from me totaling a sled to, to buying, a, buying a sled right off the rip. And it... I went out, you know, a couple, a couple more times, just a week here, a week there. And it's just, it's truly addicting. It's like no other sport I have ever done. I don't know 100%. how to explain it. You There's, don't need to. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> yeah. Every, 
everyone on here gets it. Yeah. But it, yep. it, it's just it's to a different level too because now because of where I've positioned myself, one of the one of the first moments on my second sled, which was a a Polaris Chaos one fifty five. So I'm trying to climb these these hills in this 155, which is now yeah. the size I just stick with. Yeah. I'm riding with Cowboy Cerrone. Yeah, yeah. And yep. as I'm riding with him, dude, it's the most humbling experience. And I realized he was one of the motivating factors. I mean, I'm sure almost everyone out here knows who he is. Sure. They like his personality. He's gonna he's gonna fight, but he's also gonna live his life doing all this crazy extreme sports shit. And here yeah. I am. He invites me out to go ride with him. And it made me realize that this is like a, a sport that I was almost drawn to before I, you know, I was still in high school watching him fight. Yeah. You know, and then I was able to ride with him. It was a very surreal Dude, moment. And then watch the UFC fights after with him in his uh, Airbnb. It, it was yeah. an awesome experience, but very addicting. That's for sure. Was that when you, because he's good friends with Matt, right? Was that when you guys were down at, at Matt Ince's Mountain Skills? No. So it actually happened Separate. the opposite way. Um, it's kind of the, the, the power of the blue check mark, right? You're going to, you're going to stick oh, yeah. out. It's, it's not just a status symbol, but it's like logistically you're, you're placed above in the comments. And I commented on one of Cowboys posts, you know, saying I'm going to be out there as well, you know, ride safe. And he's like, yo, you should, we should link up. And I actually Matt met Matt at the cabin after watching the fights and my boy Chad, he's been riding, you know, for, you know, a year and a half, whatever, more than me, all his mm. friends, a lot more. They're the ones that got me into it and teaching it. He's like, yo, that's Matt Entz that just walked in. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, who? I don't know yeah. this guy, like whatever. Right. Great dude. Amazing yep. dude. Amazing riding and amazing teacher. But like, I just didn't know. Right. Right. Sure. But it was, yeah, that was an interesting way to start off my first season. You know, that's for sure. Dude, that's nuts. Yeah, that's not the case for most people. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, no, that's crazy. I mean, dude, that's a hell of a story in and of itself. Um, that that clip right there could just be the, the pod, its own podcast. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. So, okay, so let's talk a little bit about what you're currently on right now, the sled that you have. Yeah, so I was one of the very few lucky and patient, not <laughs> – not willingly patient yeah, uh, huh. enough that I got, I got one of the boosts. So I got a, what is it? The 2021, uh, chaos 155, uh, boost. So that oh, thing, been in 2022. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. 2022 Anyways. then. Yeah. Um, that's how much I care. You know what I'm saying? Like, I just yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I know. <laughs> People ask me what guns I have. I'm like, I don't know. I walk in, I get the best ones, and I walk out. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Hell yeah. Okay. So you were able to get one. Yeah. So I put in, actually, two different dealers. You know, the, the whole game of I put in for a pro boost at one. I put in for a chaos boost at the other. And I end up, you know, picking a – are they, you know – gave me the the boost and it's the 155 so that thing is definitely fun rowdy and mm -hmm. the turbo is the cheat sheet oh yeah <laughs> Track like, speed, that, baby. that thing is crazy hell yeah so um so i kind of asked you this before we we pressed record um and for those of you that weren't paying attention you live in florida right and so you would yes. travel to go right up in colorado um, and as of right now, it's, uh, March 8th. So the season's kind of coming to a close here a little bit. Yeah. Do you have any intentions of coming back up West and riding again? Yeah. So that's, <laughs> that's where the, it, it gets interesting being an entrepreneur, right? You, you have time freedom and I can do whatever the fuck I want when I want, but now it's totally. deciding what do I want to do with my time? And we're in a scaling process in our business, like I'd mentioned before, and we have a lot of great opportunities. So I was supposed to go this weekend back for a trip and me and my business partner just talked. And I'm like, dog, to be honest with you, I feel like I'm obviously going to be more productive. And I, I don't even want to step away for a weekend right now. Sure. You know, Everything going so on. this this month is a, is a big one for us. So for right now, 
uh, to this month, I'm, I'm still going to take off. And now it just comes down to how does April look with the snow being so weird this season? Dude. It's, it's like hit or miss. There's, you know, the weird layers. Is it going to be fun, you know, riding in it? Um, yeah. do I necessarily want to start, you know, spring, you know, cliff dropping and, and hitting ramps? You know, is that something I should even risk reward, you know, into, um, so there's still a lot of thought going into it. I, I would like to ride a lot in April, to be honest with you, and, and just ride sure. the season out. Well, we'll see. We'll see how it unfolds for you. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> did you, you never know with me, man. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's what you had mentioned before. Um, did you, by chance, snow check a 2023? No, no. After, nope. after last year, man, I... It's a supply chain issue, so I have nothing, obviously, against Polaris. I had purchased a uh, factory turbo 2021 ski dude. That's where I got the years messed up. Um, and I was riding that, and I was loving it. And then I got back on the Polaris when my snow check finally came in. And I'm like, I've, I absolutely hate the way that ski dude feels. I'm, yeah. not, I'm absolutely exhausted trying to do anything with it. And yeah. then I get onto my chaos, being a chaos, right? It's very sure. tippy and wants to live on, on the edge. I love it. I can get it on its side really easy. And I'm like, dude, I just, I don't want to snow check again. At this point, I don't want my, my money and my, more my attention wrapped up in a sled that is definitely not going to come on time again this year. And it's, yeah. you're like playing this game of like, I'd sold my sled. I had two other sleds. So I bought three sleds last year. So I had two at the end of the year and sold them both, not realizing the snow check issue was going to come. Dude, a you lot know? of people did that. We're stuck with nothing. Yeah. So I'm at the point where when season comes, if I decide that I want one of those snow checks, I'll just buy someone out of theirs. Sure. I bought I bought the 2021 um, <laughs> Skidoo for like $19,000. Just because of how the dude, you couldn't find sleds to save your life, and I'm like, dude, yeah. I have to get out riding, and my snow check didn't come in, and no one was selling factory turbos, so <laughs> I literally posted, and in a Facebook group, and I'm like, yo, so uh, actually, I had a buddy post for me because as soon as people see the blue check mark, they want to yeah. jump the price up like three thousand dollars on me. I'm like, <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah. my buddy. My buddy posts for me and he's like, yo, does anyone know anyone selling, you know, the factory ski do turbo, blah, 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 whoopie whoop. And someone comments like, well, my buddy's got one. I don't know if he's selling it. I literally bought a sled off of a guy that wasn't even selling his sled just because I offered him so much money. <laughs> like oh, I just yeah. had to, I had to get out and ride. I had spent. Yeah. So, I mean, my rig setup right now is probably pushing $300,000. You yeah. know, with, with my, with my, my trailer, my, yeah. my sled deck that goes up over the truck, my, my oh, yeah. truck and all the sleds, the safety equipment. And I'm like, I'm going to miss it because I don't even have this snow check. Like, right. I just, I got to buy something that I want to be on. So that was a 100%. whole mission to start the season off. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. But I mean, Hey, you know, I mean this, it goes back to this obsession that we have for, for snowmobiling, right? Like whatever it takes. Um, and you know, obviously every situation is relative to each person, but, and another factor to it too, is that like our time is so limited, right? Like the season is so short. We only have X amount of time. The snow this year has been a huge variable. Dog I mean, he, here in Oregon, December, dude, I've never in my life ridden in snow like this that we had this year. Um, in December, it was so, epic i mean handlebar just can't see blowing over oh um, really? dude it was insane and i was like you know <sighs> super amped and this is just setting up for an incredible season and then january 6th it started raining and it just kind of <laughs> away, and it hasn't been the same since um you know just will drop nine inches here and then it'll warm up and it'll rain and and it's just been all over the place um which has been super i don't know it's just been weird um I mean, I was watching a couple of people's stories in Montana. It was just raining over there too recently, and but it What's looks nice in Colorado. Uh, where I ride is about six thousand feet, um, for the most oh, part. That, yeah, so that's probably so half of what, what I you like ride about, in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
So like that's yeah. the other that's the other problem with me is and and this year uh, I had some hormone issues on top of coming off a ketogenic diet where I'm up to 270. I'm up to 275, okay. in fact. And yeah. so that that's a big boy up in the mountains. I live oh, yeah. at sea level, yeah. and I'm, <laughs> you know, the trailheads are 10,000 feet. Dude, yeah. I'm dying, <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it's it's something that's really interesting me uh, or, or interesting to me is, like, where all these places are. And Colorado, from my understanding, is just the place to be if you want to ride as long as possible, unless you go up to the, you know, British Columbia, but... Sure. I'm not going to cross that yeah. border right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, me neither. No, me neither. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, there's definitely quite a bit of places that we can get into, you know, that nine, 10,000 feet. There's, there's some locations here in Oregon for sure that we can get into that. But I mean, most of the stuff I'm like two hours from home base to get into pretty good stuff. Right. Um, I, you know, I mean, I would say 10,000 is probably the highest um, that I've ridden in, but it's not very common, but dude, I mean, I, where I live here in Oregon, we're like 400 elevation. Um, and so pretty damn close to sea level. And it makes a huge right. difference. Um, when you go up to that elevation, um, if, if you're not used to that, um, do you know, or follow Brody Kern with wake up wealthy? Oh yeah. Do you oh know yeah. Who that is. Seems <laughs> like a great guy. Yeah. He's, he's a good dude. Uh, really good friend of mine. Um, I brought him and, uh, his head of operations and head of sales um, and then their content creator, Hassan. Um, and then one of their business partners, Sean, I, I took them on a, a retreat cause I do the retreats for the sled send. And I brought those five boys up here uh, at yeah. about 6,000 feet to ride. None of them have ever been on a sled before anything. And you know, Brody, like he works out pretty hard jujitsu and boxing and you know, he, right. He messes Gets some it. shit up in the gym. Um, yeah. And bro, dude, <laughs> they also, to their, you know, demise, they also vape like there's no tomorrow. Uh, and so that yeah. didn't help by any means. But we go out day one, um, you know, put them on these sleds. And by 2.30 in the afternoon, we were done. Sleds loaded on the way back to the lodge because they were just oh, so geez. smoked. They just couldn't. Well, and they I, just, <laughs> I did it. It was so I funny. I did it. Yeah. Like, and that's, that's one thing I commented on one of Cowboys posts, you know, saying I'm going to be out there as well, you know, ride safe. And he's like, yo, we should, we should link up. And I actually Matt met Matt at the cabin after watching the fights and my boy, Chad, he's been riding, yeah. you know, for, you know, a year and a half, whatever, more than me, all mm -hmm. his friends, a lot more. They're the ones that got me into it and teaching it. He's like, yo, that's Matt Entz that just walked in. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, who? I don't know yeah. this guy. Like, whatever. Right. Great dude. Amazing yep. dude. Amazing writing and amazing teacher. But like, I just didn't know. Right. Right. Sure. But it was, yeah, that was an interesting way to start off my first season. You know, that's for sure. Dude, that's nuts. Yeah. That's not the case <laughs> for most people. <laughs> right. Right. It's because it's like every single person in the crew that we roll with has that mentality. So when, when oh, my yeah. big self's going up there, their understanding of that, you know, now sure. they're going to push me and they're going to joke and, you know, we're going to go back and forth oh, all yeah. day. Uh, you know, but that's again, the, the part of the camaraderie, you know, when you're, when you're out there, it's, it's crazy and muscle, what I'm realizing, I'm training my, I'm changing my complete way of training to actually drop, you know, some muscle as well, because, it doesn't matter if you can bench 400 pounds out there. It hurts you. You know, if you want, it's almost like a known thing. You, if want, you want the cardio, come, stamina. Well, but if you want Cody to come help you, you know, flip your sled over, you better be ready to take a break because all that oxygen, like if you just study the human body, you understand that for me to explode and lift a sled up, I'm using so much more oxygen. Let's not even use the elevation as a thing. But just yeah. the amount of muscle that I have on my body is different. And then there's these guys, dude. They're like 150 to maybe 180 pounds. They're like walking on top of the snow like nothing's wrong. I take a step <laughs> and I sink. And I'm like, dude, I hate. Like there's so many moments, dude. I'm in the middle of the day and I'm looking at everybody and I'm like, yo, I really think that if I had a helicopter on speed dial, I would pay $5,000 for them to lift me and my sled out of here. Cause I am exhausted 
and I can't even <laughs> I can't even walk in the snow right now, dude. When I was riding with Cowboy oh, Cerrone, so I wear the the Whoop band. Yeah. And yeah. Hell yeah. So we yeah. he was with his whole camp and they're all checking their aura rings and their whoop bands or whatever. Oh yeah. And there was a point where I'd almost passed out on the mountain and Cowboy actually <laughs> had to tell me, like, yo, listen, like, don't try and, you know, show off. Like you're clearly new to this. Just chill out a little bit, you know? Yeah. And uh <laughs> so but we looked at one point I could hardly stand and my my heart rate went from 170 to 60 in an instant at that exact time. Good Lord. Yeah. So the, oh he's like, God. listen, you have to be get, you have to get out of here. There is no one coming to save you. Right. There's no extra people doubling up on a sled to ride your sled out. Like, so he's like, just ride smart. You know what I'm saying? So it's, it's something that definitely presses you in, in a way you don't understand until you get out there. And then you're like, Oh, sure. there's literally so many times like i don't understand why i do it sometimes i guarantee there's so many people listening like i'm riding and i'm like why am i out here i could be in florida in the sun i leave the best place to be in the winter to go to one of the worst places we're waking up and we're going out to a trailhead and it's negative 20 and i'm excited i'm like man the sun's gonna come out it's gonna warm it up and it's gonna feel great oh yeah Dude, that's so fucking funny. <laughs> that's good. Oh my gosh. Um <laughs> uh, Jeff, do you have a question that you'd like to ask Cody? From from time to time, Cody, I, I chime Jeff in. Uh, Jeff's the guy behind the camera and all the audio producing everything. Um chime him him in once in a while. You got something for Cody? Perfect. Shoot it. <laughs> Well, what the hell? I've been doing shit. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Okay. He's he's been in and out of the office getting all this gear ready for another shoot for tomorrow, so he hasn't been listening uh, to the okay. whole thing, so he doesn't Jeff, have anything Jeff, off the top. Jeff, you're fired. You didn't even Jeff didn't even prepare. You're fired, man. Dude, <laughs> <laughs> dude. Between you and me, Cody, it's not the first time. It's probably sadly not the last. <laughs> He's got headphones on right now, so he he heard all that. But well, cool, man. I mean, dude, we're we're an hour into this podcast already, so I'm gonna go ahead and put you on blast, put you on point right now. So we'll wrap up this episode with the the sled talk question of the day, Cody. So you got something that you would like to ask all the listeners and viewers? Oh, most definitely. So my big question is: being new to it, if if money was not a problem. Like literally you woke up and someone gave you, I'm not kidding you, a million dollars. What is the setup that you're going to have living out of state? And what I mean by that, to clarify, right now I got my F450 that has a sled deck that I ride two sleds up over top of the truck and also can pull a bumper pull, right? But in my head, I also then question, should I get a house there and just have like a Chris Brandt trailer? And then travel two to four hours to drive instead of camping at the trailheads on trips. So yeah, my my big question, uh, what what what's the segment called again? The the sled talk question of the day. Yeah. So Is that my, what you're my sled yeah, yeah my sled yeah. talk question of the day would be what would your trailer and truck and housing I guess setup be if you lived out of state and you flew into state to ride. Hell yeah. Leave your comments below, whether you're on TikTok or watching on Reels. I think that's a great question. Um, and, question. oh boy, here comes Jeff. Uh-oh. What do you, what do you got? He said, I don't want to get fired. <laughs> he, he's like, I don't want to get fired. I can hear him. That's a good one. That's a good question. Uh, he wants, he say? wants to know, he wants to know when you're going to come to Oregon and ride with us. If I can figure out a way to get my truck, because here's the thing. I'm not making that drive. My time is way too <laughs> valuable to spend all that time in a truck, dude. dude that's a trip. So, Oregon to Florida or Florida, Oregon. I, is, my God. I see, and I'd, be down, I'd be down to do it in April. If I can figure out someone to flatbed my truck and, and my sleds, I don't even need my trailer. 
but that's 12 foot in height, you know, on top of a trailer. So now it's like, to be honest with you, I think the question is reversed. I think it's much more beneficial. When are we going to meet halfway? (laughs) No, 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 no. You just come to Colorado. The best riding is in Colorado. Well, that's, yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. That's like, that's a good, what, 15, 16 hours for us. And so how long does it take to drive from Florida to Colorado? I mean, that was like 30 hour drive. <laughs> Good Lord. Yeah. That's brutal. So yeah, my, my plan is, um, I drove my truck and trailer out there. I'm paying someone to fly out there and drive it back. I'm not, I'm not wasting yeah. that time. Um, and yeah, it's just, it's your <laughs> time is valuable. You know, you Dude, know, that. you could be making um, a shitload of money during that time. Yeah. It's not worth it. Yep. Just pay somebody to take Most care of it definitely. For you. Hundred percent. Well, cool, man, dude. There was a t- there was a ton of value that was brought on this. Uh, that word gets thrown around in our space a ton, <laughs> to where I almost don't even like to say it. But um, yeah. absolutely, dude. You you shined a light on a ton of stuff, and I think a lot of these things are going to hit home um, with a lot of our listeners and viewers. Um, again, you're speaking to to that demographic for sure. So, um, Cody, we'll go ahead and wrap this episode up. We'll put the links to, you know, your Instagram. Um, do you have like a YouTube channel as well? You got, you want guys to check out or just Instagram? Nope. My Instagram is going to be the best spot. Uh, YouTube might Instagram, be coming, yeah. but if I do that, I'm going to go full house, full, full ass and, uh, you know, get a content as with everything else around, in your life. So. Exactly. <laughs> all or nothing, all or nothing. Hell yeah. Instagram Only is the best to place it. to get me and, and to reach out okay. as well. So cool. Hundred percent. Yeah, we'll we'll tag you in in all the posts and and on the YouTube and in the in the iTunes and all that good stuff. Um, definitely give Cody a follow. He brings immense amount of good entertainment, um, packed with a, a lot of informational stuff on his Instagram. Um, I definitely have a good feeling that a lot of you guys will um, will enjoy his content for sure. So give him a follow. And again. Cody, I know it's taken over a month for us to logistically plan this podcast, um, but I appreciate you, you know, moving your schedule around to to make it happen. Thank you for coming on the show, dude. We'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. And I appreciate you for making time for me. Much appreciate, brother. brother. Totally. We'll talk to you soon, man. Thank you guys yes, for tuning Peace. in. We will uh, we'll catch you guys on the next episode.